Hello, and thanks for tuning into the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we talk a lot about poop. And some other stuff, but mostly poop. Uh, big thanks to Jake Kelly, Cake Jelly, for joining us today. Uh, let's get right into it. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not flying out girls to poop on my chest, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys, Lucas and Brett. Guys, uh, what's hanging? I'm much. We've got a great episode planned today. Um, I'm not really sure how to comment on the Odell Beckham allegations, but I'm sure we'll touch on that. Yeah, you made you made his name your entire identity, so it's a it's been a rough it's been a rough day for Odell Brettham Jr. Yeah, yeah. a shitty. A it's been a, yeah, it's been a real shitty day. <laughs> Lucas, what's going on with you? Not much. Start my new job tomorrow. I'm fucking done door dashing. Cannot fucking wait. All right, excellent. We're joined today by Bemuse Spartan Cake Jelly. What's going on? I'm I'm doing well, guys. How about you? Oh, just absolutely living the goddamn dream. <laughs> Dude, I'm blessed to be on here. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. You've earned it. So <laughs> here's what we're going to talk about today. Um, first off the top, Lucas, you finally, finally went to go see Tenant. <laughs> Over the weekend, so now you can shut the fuck up about it. Uh, hey, I haven't talked about it for a couple pods, so I've been a good boy. Spoor- so give me your spoiler-free thoughts off the top. Okay. I think it's the best Nolan movie that's not The Dark Knight. Um, it's a little loud, but I've heard that's kind of from different theaters. Like, there's some people say they don't have a problem. It could just be how you interpret it. I'm not saying to get hearing aids, but a lot of Nolan's movies are loud. So that's kind of that. But um, it's a fucking awesome movie, and I can't wait to go see it again. I'm not going to drive two hours to go see it. I mean, I want to, but I'm not. And um, it just it's kind of sat with me. It's been three days since I watched it, and it's really sat with me. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck I watched. Like, Halfway through, I'm a little like, okay, is this going to come together? And then right when I thought right when I thought that, all of a sudden it just started clicking. And by the end, I'm just walking out like, holy fucking shit. Like, like I just immediately came home and read theories on it. Um, amazing acting. Like, Kenneth Branagh is such a good villain. And Nolan finally wrote, a, like, a really strong female character. And he's had a couple in the past but um, this is definitely his strongest female character. And I know that's always been a gripe against him, but um, the action's smooth and credible and, um, and great, great acting like John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Kenneth Branagh, all knocked it out of the park. Um, I really fucking loved it. And I knew I, you guys knew I'd say that, but I really genuinely loved it. And um it, it felt normal to be back in a movie theater again, you know, cause that was the big part of it too. was like, Oh shit, we're back in a movie theater. Like we were, cause this movie theater was in the second floor of a mall. So we were going up the escalator and we're like, man, this feels weird. And like we checked in and it was a Cinemark and it felt pretty safe. Like, you know, there was enough distance between seats and they had every section roped off. And um, I really didn't feel nervous at any time. I mean, is there always a risk? Yeah, I took a risk, but 
um, you know, it was, it was worth going to see for sure. Like it was, it was worth the trip. It was worth the day wasted. I, I loved every second of it. Okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, what does tenant mean? Do you find out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they don't make it super clear. Well, I need to watch it again because I might have been looking over at the boomers who had their phone out when they were talking about tenant itself. But I actually kind of theorized it a couple months ago. Like I knew what tenant was. And um, yeah, they, they explain it, but not like you can't, you have to pay attention. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, five out of a hundred is my score. So, so it's, not, it's not a sequel to Inception. Cause that's what it I is heard. not hundred okay. percent. Okay. I will. I, I should put that in the article. Yeah. It is not an Inception sequel. There is no hint to Inception. It is its own movie. Like hundred percent. Cool. Okay. So, um, what are you going to talk about every pod now? <laughs> I might just quit, you know. Are you going to become are you going to become one of those let them play guys who just kind of just yells <laughs> at nobody about the Big 10? I'm just going to settle more into my roles being like the trill of this pod. Like just kind of derailing it and throwing random shit out. Well, this is a good opportunity to flex your muscle because the NFL folks, it's back. Uh, it kicks off on Thursday, so the day you're listening to this, with the Chiefs and Texans, the Chiefs beginning their Super Bowl defense. Uh, but let's talk about a team that's near and dear to all of our hearts, mm. the Detroit mm-hmm. Lions. Mm. So, Brett, you're yeah, well, you're probably the you're probably the most vehement Lions hater here amongst the four of us currently collected. That that yeah, that could be possible. So. Over under, over under seven and a half wins for Detroit. I'm going to go over. I think it's, I think it's, that's right on the money. I think just because like, well, first off, I do, I want to put a disclaimer. I used to be like probably one of the biggest fanboys. Like I would have been like that Mike won pride and all those losers. We, we uh, kind of make fun of now. Um, so I definitely was there back in high school. Um, but now just kind of seeing how the franchise is just an abortion. I can be more honest in my assessment. And I do think eight wins because you do have a star quarterback, whether he's top five, top 10, wherever you want to place him. I think having that guy in place and just that dynamic offense, I think that kind of sets your floor at a certain level. And that's probably right around six, seven wins. And just based off of this season being goofy and their no, road games aren't really going to be road games, which obviously that's been the history of the Lions. They can't win on the road. I think that's going to boost them up a little bit and, just based off some of the talent that they have, I just do think they, they're going to be at that seven, seven, eight win range. So I have them at under. I have them at 5-11 and 11 because just straight up, I don't trust Matt Patricia. I think I talked about this with Lucas in our post-draft. We did an episode post-draft, and I kind of I went, went off a little bit. But yeah. here's the thing. As time goes by, it's more and more clear that Belichick just hires guys to hold clipboards. They have no actual responsibility. Pencils. They have no actual power. Yeah. They, just, they just sit there on the sidelines and talk to members of the defense or the offense or whatever, 
and holds and holds clip and holds clipboards. Maybe goes maybe goes and gets some coffee pregame in the morning when he's out, you know, practicing his like, you know, cradling his lacrosse stick or whatever. I think Matt Patricia is probably. It's hard to call Matt Patricia the worst coach in football when Adam Gase is still gainfully employed. Employed, oh, man. But he's he's got to be up there. And the shitty part is, like, I'm not even going to get the satisfaction of winning a first coach fired bet with Matt Patricia because Martha will or Sheila, whoever the fuck is running the team right now, is going to keep them on until the end of the season anyway. So I said it in the beginning. What the fuck – the expectation is to compete for a playoff spot. What, yeah. what does that mean? Because right now they're competing for a playoff spot. 32 teams are competing for playoff spots. Do you mean you want them in the playoffs? Do you want them in it in week 16? Like what happens if they get mathematically eliminated week 12? Is Patricia fired? Or they no, because they were in the playoff hunt. Right. And they now, competed for 12 weeks. So what the fuck do you yeah. need to see? Yeah, it was the most – is the most ambiguous – kind of ultimatum of all time. You look at last year, the expectation was to make the playoffs, but then they had that built-in excuse. Well, Stafford was hurt, and they shut him down. So they had that built-in excuse. Now they have two built-in excuses. They have coronavirus, which they can say, hey, this hampered all of our off-season planning, implementation of new defensive systems of Corey Underling. And then you could say, hey, we had the racial uh, unrest in the country, which weighed heavily on the players. And right or wrong that they're going to use that as an excuse so I really think you're going to have these two doofuses back in 2021 which is the nightmare scenario you cannot these guys cannot continue to be in charge of the franchise these that doesn't fly with me because all 32 teams all 32 teams are dealing with that so if they really use those excuses I'm literally going to drive down to Allen Park and kick Martha Ford's ass like (laughs) like I, I I am not above kicking the teeth in of a 95-year-old woman. Like, straight You're going to walk up to her like Alan in the hangover. <laughs> yeah. No, just I, – I, I just don't really know what – I'm as much as I'm excited for football to be back, it's, it's just so hard – like, it's so hard buying into the, what the Lions are going to be and what they're going to do. It's the same thing every year. You come into the season with a little bit of expectation, and then you get that week one. Last year they were up, like, 17 to three going into the fourth quarter against the Cardinals are looking like a dominant team and mm-hmm. they end up with a tie. It, it, like this is what they are. I, until really there's a change in ownership. I don't really find any purpose in super buying into this team, but I mean, ultimately I am excited to see some of what they've assembled in the off season through the draft for agency and just excited to have football back. But yeah, who like- knows? I think we all knew MSU football was going to be tough this year, regardless of who the coach was, when the season was going to be played, if it was going to be played, how, how, the, how it was going to look, fans in the stands, no fans in the stands, just because we knew that, you know, if it was D'Antonio, that D'Antonio was checked out, he didn't give a fuck anymore. And then when Tucker got hired, it was, okay, he's a first-year coach, he's got to implement a new system. So I think we all came in with the expectation of, okay, this is the it's gonna be it's gonna be a minute. So this season's gonna be rough, but you know we're trending upwards. The Lions don't have that excuse. They fired. I said this in the in the post draft pod. They fired Jim Caldwell because he won nine games and that wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. 
right? He was winning nine games a year. They hire Matt Patricia, and in his two years, do you know how many games he won? Eight. He won eight games in two years. So you go from winning nine games a year to, to four. <laughs> Will this be his third year? Yes, this is okay. Yeah, this is third year. Jake, are you are you a Lions fan or I'm like I'm like iffy. I'm like 50-50 because I like gave up on them like a couple years ago. That's smart. That's probably yeah. smart of you. Yeah. No, but I heard like, no. is it true that Patricia's calling like all the or last year he was calling the like offensive plays? Because I heard that he was, was calling the defensive plays. The defensive plays. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And then he he blamed it on a seventy year old mentor. Yeah, I was gonna say what's <laughs> the, what the fuck's the point of that? Paulie. I almost said Paul, Paul Pascalone. Yeah, yeah, Pascalone. Jerry Sandusky's extra. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That's what oh, he looks God. like. <laughs> wow. That's what he, he looks like. <laughs> what of a picture of uh, Paul P is the, the the thumbnail for this? I I, I sure ain't, Chief. <laughs> I, am, I am sure not. So let's talk about the NFL in a bit of a wider picture. Um. The Kansas City Chiefs obviously are defending. Mahomes just got signed to an outrageous contract. What – who in the AFC West, there's really no one ready to challenge them. Am I wrong? There's really nobody in the AFC West who can challenge the Chiefs right now. No, maybe if, like, Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor turns into a superstar quarterback, the Chargers could be there. But I don't think – Vegas has any shot. I don't – I mean, Denver, they're going to have an explosive – That Denver could be a sleeper team. Yeah. But in terms of dethroning the champions, I don't think anyone's close. I don't, uh, I don't see anyone touching – sorry, I don't see anyone touching Kansas City. No, unless, unless Drew Locke somehow turns out to be just as good or even better than people say he is or expect him to be, right. then – I don't really see it. And I hate to say it, guys, but the team I'm most interested in seeing this year is New England. Yeah. Mm. I'm so I'm I'm so pumped to see to see what this to see what these see what Belichick can do with Cam. I'm sad about Lewerke. He got cut the other day. Yeah, but yeah. Hoyer Hoyer's still on Hoyer's still in the room, so it's it's still it's still balanced. So which which side do you guys kinda it feels like with the Brady Belichick kind of divorce? People are trying. People are picking a side. Like, which, which one? Which guy do you want to see be more successful? Where do you guys fall in line with that? Um, I think personally, I think Belichick has less to prove than Brady mm-hmm. because everyone knows he's a good coach, and he's been successful. He was successful without Brady, and. So I don't think the pressure is on Belichick to succeed as much as it is on Brady to succeed. Because this Buccaneers team has major potential to be like the 2012 Eagles. I mean, this, this, is, this, this has major dumpster foul fire potential. Absolutely, yeah. And I think really their, their ceiling is probably, what's that second year Peyton Manning was in Denver, where there's – they got to the Super Bowl. They put up record numbers on offense. It got blown up by Seattle, but that's beside the point. I, th- I think that's. I think it's going to be really one of the two. I don't see this team being just completely average. I think there's either there's too much star power or 
there's too much that can go wrong. I, yeah, I'm, I've said it before. I think Tom Brady's horribly overrated and it's really hard when he keeps winning Super Bowls, especially since his last one was against my team. But I, I've always said it's Bill Belichick. And I mean, if you look at Patricia, you look at like Romeo Cornell back in the day, you know, Josh McDaniels tried it and got scared and went back to new England and, well, uh, he was a head coach before, too. He was, yeah, the Broncos, and then he yeah. came back. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, the whole Colts thing two years ago, he, was, he signed the deal, or he was about to, and then he said no. Um, and Bill O'Brien, he's Bill O'Brien, I guess. But yeah. um, I, think, I think it's Bill Belichick. It, it truly is. His gen- he's a genius. He's the greatest coach of all time. And Brady's up there, but – it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if Brady's behind the scenes telling people like, "You got to sign Fournette. You got to get Gronk back." And I know it's easy to get those people when Tom Brady's in your team. I'm not discounting his star power at all, but I think it's really interesting from a person who doesn't care as much. It seems like a desperation move on his end. Like he needs to stack the roster, and he wants to try to win one because he's got a hell of a coach. And if he wins one outside of New England, then I think his legacy is just straight up cemented. I will even admit that because then it's like you did it for 20 years with one guy. Now you did it with another guy and one. That's pretty awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm just so intrigued. I really hope New England does well. Like I'm, I think Cam Newton's, but did, didn't they say Jared Stidham might be the starter? No, no uh, Cam, Cam got yeah. named starter and captain like last Oh, week. good. I think I think it's going to be a little resurrection for Cam's career. Like I'm not saying he's anywhere near done, but you know people have been discounting him since the MVP season and since he lost the Super Bowl. I really I hope everyone has fun, but um, <laughs> I it's all it's I'm, all about having fun. I'm, I'm personally rooting for New England. I mean, easily, easily New England. That okay. Like, I know, Lucas, that you said you were going to be the one to derail the pod and be trill, but I just have to talk about this. Have you guys seen this fucking Travis Scott McDonald's thing? Yeah, I saw it today. Oh, yeah. So, Travis Scott went on Instagram Live, and he's at a McDonald's somewhere, I'm assuming in Houston. And... It's great. I mean, like you should see it. I mean, it looks like a fucking it looks like a fucking mosh pit of just fucking mostly white teenagers just going nuts for a fucking quarter pounder with bacon. That's all his <laughs> Travis Scott meal is. It's a quarter pounder with bacon. It'll sell. Cactus Jack or something. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's like the oh, what they call it. Um I Travis Scott oh, meal. Travis Scott combo or something. Yeah, it's called the yeah, Travis it's, Scott meal. It's a quarter pounder with bacon. Cactus Jack. Yeah. Yeah. McDonald's said, uh, "Tell Cactus, tell us Captain Jack, Cactus Jack sent you." <laughs> it is just. Ugh. How does it not come with a toy? Like, if it came with a like a Travis Scott, like you know the rodeo doll that was on his album, mm. I think that would be like. I might go to McDonald's and get it just for that, but if it's just a quarter pounder with bacon, like I'm good. I've it's had just it. a silly marketing ploy. Yeah. 
Well, okay. I'm going to kind of tangent off just for a second. Do you see the, the creator of Jelly Belly, what he's doing? He's yeah. going full Willy Wonka. That's cool. Yeah. He's like putting these keys or like these, uh, I don't know what they are, just kind of like medals in each state. And if you find one, you win 5,000. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he's going to be given away. He's going to hide a key somewhere in the country. Whoever finds it wins a factory. So I will definitely be on the search for that that emblem so I can win 5,000. I like my chances there. That, um, I'm, is it in one of those puke flavored ones? Because I'm not going to do that if it's in one of those, everyone knows the mystery, uh, the mystery flavors. It's either puke or coconut. Oh yeah. And they had like the Harry Potter ones, vomit. I don't know how they're going to hide this thing. I don't know if they're going to hide it like in some landmark or they're going to, you have to buy jelly bellies, but either way I'm all in. Hopefully he doesn't put it all in one box like Michael Scott did with that paper. Can you imagine you win 50 of them? (laughs) You guys, uh, you guys want to talk, you guys want to talk a little MSU basketball? Something just happened. Yes, something uh, something did just happen. So um, first, earlier this week, they revealed the numbers. Uh, Josh uh, Aaron Henry takes takes zero from from Kyle Arns, and he's that's that's dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, confirmed, Langford is back and playing. I think we already knew that, but he's in like all the promotional material. And then they posted some behind-the-scenes photos, and Rocket is wearing just the absolute best shirt I have ever seen anywhere. Hype beast? It, no. No. It is a – I don't know if this is a real Louis Vuitton shirt, but I don't give a fuck. Oh, it probably is. It's a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> with Louis Vuitton on it. It, mm. it fucking rules. Oh, there it is. Oh. It's just, Rocket is the coolest athlete we've ever had, by the way. Is it on his Twitter? It's on MSU's Twitter. Okay, I need to, okay, I'll go look. All right. Well, I'll, I'll send it. This is this is incredible radio. This is just absolutely just kick-ass radio. No, having Langford back is that's monumental. People forget that he was ranked. I mean, what like five spots below Miles Bridges in that class? So yeah, I mean, you're getting a guy who is McDonald's All American, um, star player is going to potentially average who is close to averaging 17 points a game. So you add him back mm-hmm. into the fold. That's going to take some pressure off of Rocket and the other guards. Um, I'm excited for Joey Hauser. He took uh, Matt McQuaid's number. I saw. Yeah, twenty. That's fucking. That's sweet. Yeah, Langford's uh, Dane Fife's third highest commit ever. So this is, you know, this is just huge. It's great either way for depth. I just I hope he stays healthy. You really we really don't know what to expect. I think he's the biggest question mark on the whole team, in my in my opinion, I, more than point guard. What do you guys think are the uh, five starters for beginning of the year? Um, if we take Izzo at his word, it's probably going to be Foster at point, Rocket, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Henry, Hauser, and... You think Bingham or Sissico? 
Um, I think it's, it's going to be – it's probably going to be Bingham to start. Yeah. 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 Get your hard um, hats ready. Yeah. Um, and then – and then Sissoko. And then it will probably be Malik Halls, probably the first off the bench. Mm-hmm. Malik, Gabe, and then S- Sissoko, that'll probably be the eight he's going to roll with. Yeah. At least yeah, – at least for now, AJ Hoggard might get might get a little play if if Foster gets in foul trouble or he gets treated like a surfboard too much. <laughs> they just have so many lineups they can roll out, especially going. They're probably going to roll a lot of small ball this year, um, just because I don't know how much you're really going to trust Marcus Bingham, and he's really the only big big you have. I mean, Sissoko, I think he's going to be he's going to he's going to kind of probably be more on that rocket schedule where. Once Big Ten play rolls around, that's where he's going to start to get get into his groove. Um, he's he's pretty raw, but I think he, you're going to see times where yeah, you're going to have Malik Hall at the five, you're going to have Joey Hauser at the five, you're going to have Gabe Brown at the four. So there's a lot of different things they can do to stretch the floor. I think depending on what point in the season it is and how his health is doing, I think a small ball lineup of – Rocket Watts, Joshua Langford, Aaron Henry, Malik Hall, and Gabe Brown is going to be unfucking real to watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun. Um, again, I didn't have Langford in the rotation just because I think he's going to be used sparingly to start. Um, the man hasn't played in a year and a half, so I don't think it's I don't think it's wise to just automatically assume it's gonna it's gonna be you know he's gonna off the off the jump um one thing i also noticed guys no one took number five Mm. so yeah is it just are they do they just straight up unofficially retire retire it and waiting to hang it until they can have people in breslin yeah they should have they should have retired it senior night i thought that would have been kind of cool because it's it's just all a matter of i mean it's going to happen So, also, we found out about an hour ago, this is from Matt Lord, Norlander, um, confidential docs obtained by CBS Sports reveal a thorough, detailed plan to NCAA stakeholders and schools about how a college basketball bubble is planning to be mm-hmm. held with at least 16 teams in December at Mohegan Sun. One of the teams mentioned in those... Is that in Orlando? No, Mohegan Sun is outside Orlando. of Boston. Oh, Boston. Yeah. But yeah. I saw something like they want to do something in like Orlando too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The one, yeah. So the teams involved would include Michigan, uh, Villanova, LSU, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Vanderbilt, Marquette, Minnesota, Florida. Penn State, Stanford. Those are the teams that are being talked about right now. Um, It's unclear how far along in the the planning process this is. I'm assuming it's pretty advanced if they're presenting this to stakeholders. Um, But what do you think of this off the jump, guys? I love it. I love it. I need, but I mean, college basketball, I think, is probably the top priority for Michigan State athletics based off of where we're at currently. Um, and 
the idea of a bubble, I think, is definitely realistic with college basketball just because the limited number of players compared to the other sports. Um, and hopefully with the rapid testing coming out and it, they can secure that, that's going to make everything easier. And even with the field you mentioned, there's, I mean, there's some really good teams in there. Villanova, they might be the preseason favorites to win it all. So that'll be a potentially uh, good barometer of where we're at early in the season. And hopefully they can get some of these other tournaments in bubble formats um, just to get this thing rolling a little bit. Lucas, what do you think? I need to read up on it more, to be honest, but I figure this would happen. I really like it. It's it's the only way to go at this point. And it's logical to split teams up from different areas and, you know, just see what happens. I well, I was going to make a joke. Was the battle for Atlantis teased at all or no? Yeah, I think um, it was going to be moved to South Dakota. Shit. I was hoping they would get rid of it. <laughs> I would say, what, I thought the battle for Atlantis was a big-time tournament, but. Well, you're scheduled to win that this year or be in it. Hang, they were clearing up space in the, the Breslin for the, the banner. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Right next off, right between the final fours and the championship. They're going to put that Battle for Atlantis oh, winner. Take <laughs> down those final four banners and put that up. Yeah, they're going to have to make some room. You know? I, I, I think it's the only way to go right now with, with all the uncertainties and, you know, vaccine still months out. It's the only way we can do it now. I'm going to be really interested to see – what happens when it comes to March or April, whenever they, the, whenever they start the tournament, tournament, the tournament. So changing the subject over to football, our best friend, Sir Yacht, is having himself quite a ride on the struggle bus, guys. Uh, some Husk guys tweeted at him and included four different tweets of his about how there should have been a vote from big time presidents today about an October 10th start date. And Suryat quote tweeted it and said, do people realize that negotiations can change over time? I, that's a bar. That, <laughs> that is such, listen, Suryat is full of shit. His music yeah, he's sucks. Just, he's just pulling out of his ass. I think. <laughs> His music is his music sucks. That was the worst thing I did for a blog, and I jerked off wearing a condom. <laughs> and but even I even I gotta give the guy credit. I mean, holy shit, just absolutely swinging, 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 refusing to die. I love it. I love this energy from from Sir Yacht. Yeah, you have to respect his just absolute pure determination to embarrass himself to the level <laughs> he can never come back from. Like, I don't even – has anybody followed Ari Abraham, what he's done, like, in the months past material yeah, changes? Yeah, now he's like an anti-masker. Well, well oh, yeah. Sir Yacht might already be there, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I – I, I just want to know what his source is. I, I know I follow Matt Miller, who's an NFL scout for Bleacher Report. He tweeted at Syriot yesterday saying that his, his, his source is uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> I think that would be a great plot twist. Wouldn't that be incredible if Syriot was just like an, a bastard child of Donald Trump? 
the handsome like he, porn star. Yeah, he paid <laughs> he paid her to get an abortion, and she just pocketed the money and just been raising this little piece of shit for, <laughs> for twenty years. And now yeah, he just now he just tweets Big Ten start dates to try to get Daddy's attention. <laughs> call me Daddy. Hey Hollywood, fucking call me. This is an incredible script. Ill, illegitimate son of a U.S. president tries to break sports news to get his attention. I'd watch that. <laughs> That's fucking ESPN. You're gonna need sports content. Call me. It'll be perfect. It'd be a good HBO miniseries. Yeah. Well, it might not be good enough for HBO. It might be it might be Max. It did might you guys see his, HBO Max. Sorry, did you guys see his uh, latest tweet from like an hour ago? Oh Jesus Christ. No, what say? They said that big presidents are gonna like finalize the fall football season <laughs> within the next two days. He's been saying that for yeah. He's been saying that for literally an hour ago. He said he's that. He's been saying <laughs> that for months, man. People are like eating it up in the comments, they're like, Oh my god. Well, it's, it, okay, open. he's picking on the two dumbest fan bases in the Big yeah. Ten, Nebraska and Ohio State, like the rural area up there where they, they get internet for about 10 minutes a day and they go to Sir Yacht's page and flood his mentions, which is <laughs> their conspiracy theories about Kevin Warren. Here's the, here's the thing. is like even if Sir Yacht was right and the Big Ten was going to play, October 10th just isn't a feasible start date. No, anymore. not anymore. No, like because the seventeenth, maybe. Not even. But even the then, it's a push. Halloween would be pretty cool. Yeah, it, like Halloween. it would have to be Halloween or Thanksgiving. I mean, just straight up. You know, Sir Yacht, come on the pod because two things. One, I want to hear you admit to me that Asher Roth is your greatest musical inspiration. Oh, I need to hear those words come out of your lips because I know it's true. I've listened to your music. And I know that you spent a year and a half listening to a sleep in the bread aisle and a sleep in the bread aisle only. Okay. I know you know every word to lark on my go-kart motherfucker. And I want to hear you admit it. <laughs> and two, I want to know how you got the name Surya. Yeah. I was what? just about to ask that. There's a story behind every nickname. And I want to know how the fuck you got to Sir Yacht. Jake, I want your best conspiracy theory about how this guy got Sir Yacht as a nickname. I have. Okay. So I, I'm on his Twitter right now, and he has a podcast called The Yacht Club. So maybe oh. something to do with that. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm DMing him from our page right now. I'm going to see if Sir Yacht wants to come on the pod. I was going to say, it looks like he lives by the water, but no, it says he lives in Cleveland, so that's fucking funny. Well, he does live near, he well, does live near a body of water. It's on, well, fire. it's on fire a lot, but it's a body <laughs> of water. There's probably some crazy ass way he got his name, and it's like an HBO origin movie. Like, you know, kid, they ought to call you Sir Yacht. <laughs> he tried to sign up for the Imperial Army. And he goes, I don't have a family, but I got a yacht. And he goes, Sir Yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't believe like I wonder if he goes up to hits on women at bars like, Yeah, I'm uh I'm like Ben or whatever his name is, but you can call me Sir Yacht. <laughs> Just fucking walk away from him. 
I wonder if he, I wonder if he prints out all his, all the quote tweets he gets from Big Cat and just like posts them on his wall. He has a scrapbook. Yeah. (laughs) It's like Helga from Hey Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. We've shot our shot with, I call him Mr. Esteemed Sir Yacht. Mr. Esteemed Sir Yacht. That's fitting because he's from Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. Brett, I want your real thoughts on this Odell Beckham thing. What, like, as an Odell Beckham stan, how is how has this day been for you? You know what? It's been very entertaining. First off, I don't believe a word that came out of that woman's mouth. No. Um, hopefully that doesn't get taken out of context. Uh, shout out to Braden <laughs> Burke's biggest cheerleader. Oh. At <laughs> <laughs> me next time. You yeah, bitch, I'm sorry, I gotta, I'll, I'll I gotta edit that. I got I can't leave that in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I don't. I, I really don't believe the allegations. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Um, people have been doing a pretty good job with the jokes on Twitter. Um, but the fact that somebody who looks like that would be serviced to poop on one of the biggest stars in the NFL and like not shower for days and travel on an airplane with him. Like, oh. it's, it, like it's just too funny to believe. Can, can I, can I play devil's advocate here for a second? Absolutely. So Odell Beckham Jr. Isn't going to ask a girl like Kendall Jenner to shit on his chest. Right. Because if he really wants someone to shit on his chest, he's got to pick someone who's actually going to do it. Kendall Jenner isn't going to shit on Odell Beckham Jr.'s chest. This, 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 this woman who wears fake Christian Dior flip-flops. Did you guys see this? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? No. no. The the flip-flops she's wearing in, in the video, the no jumper video, they're supposed to look like Christian Dior. And they say, uh, Kirsten Dorr. Oh, really? Oh, she's wearing knockoff designer flip-flops. I retweeted it. I'll send it to the group right now. She didn't get paid enough for her um, her mission or whatever we want to call it. Yeah, the pay must have been real shitty. <laughs> oh, my God. First and door. <laughs> I mean, what ridiculous. I saw another one that compared her to, like, those warbs from Men in Black. <laughs> The roaches, yeah. Yeah. Just just absolutely ridiculous. But like, Brett, my reasoning's correct, right? Like, his current girlfriend isn't going to poop on his chest. This, she will. I guess I didn't really think the logistics of it out. Like, who would I want to poop on my chest is the question I should be asking. I guess it would be a stranger, Cause I think it would, yeah, I, I think it would have to be somebody I didn't know. Yeah. That's why I want to then you don't feel me. as embarrassed about it or like have to talk to them afterwards. But like, why, what do you, what do you get from this? But where Odell, where Odell fucked Boner. up, if I'm again, it's probably not true. She's probably making this up when well, he's suing her. Uh, he's getting ready to sue her. I believe because if, 
if if it's it's got to be false because she probably saw that one that one woman i'm being very fair here calling her a woman uh went on no jumper and went viral and started in only fans and made like 700k in a four days or whatever when she said she sucked off seven members of the Phoenix Suns at once. So she was like, okay, I have a decent Instagram following. I'll go on no jumper and I'll say something just as ridiculous. So she's not going to be the first and she's not going to be the last to go. Hey, uh, Julian Edelman, uh, Julian Edelman peed on me. You know what I mean? Like that's, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I, you never thought you were going to say those words. Alvin Kamara paid me $200,000 to, for him to get on my back and ride me like a horse. <laughs> you know, like, uh, let's see. Like, anyone get, if you got another one, just jump in because I got – I'm going to keep going. All right. Uh, go. Mookie Betts paid me $1.2 million to reenact two girls, one cup with him. Uh, I'm trying to think of something ridiculous. Oh, uh, Golden Tate paid me $200,000 to call me – to call him the N-word over FaceTime. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's see. Um, Joey Bosa paid me $250,000 to call him Massa. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Let's see. That's, That's all I got. I'm out of steam. But that's going to be – yeah, there's no way. I mean, like I said, if you're going to get someone to shit on your chest, someone like her is probably the way to go because she's probably going to do it. But I would imagine he would be smarter than to just fly in a random Instagram Instagram model, quote-unquote, yeah, model, we can use that term very loosely here. Yeah, you go and you find a woman of the night with a very specific set of boundaries and fetishes and you pay her to do that. You don't fly in, you don't fly in someone, you don't slide into someone's DMs on Instagram going, hey, can you dookie on my chest? That's so, find someone on Craigslist to do that in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Was that his uh, girlfriend? Or no, it wasn't. No, his girlfriend's no. his girlfriend's a goddamn smoke show, but Oh. oh. But you, okay. I want to get Lucas Brincassi in here for a second. Uh she's actually on a Zoom call. She's got a um some uh like a book club she does with her friends. <gasps> so they're not talking about pooping on people's chests. <laughs> Because I was going to ask her if she considered it cheating if mm-hmm. if your boyfriend pays, pays someone to poop on their chest. That's he probably would. 
I'll open that question to the rest of you guys. Is it I'll cheating? ask her though after the pod. Ask her after the pod and let me know. <laughs> okay. I'll open what it if, up to the, I'll open it up to you guys. What if the girlfriend likes it too? Well then you wouldn't need to hire a girl because you would just be pooping on each other's But maybe chest. he just wants like another face to do it to him. Well you're not looking at her face, you're looking at her butthole. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's like a whole different, but what if you're not looking at butthole? You just want like the warmth. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, like it, it might just be that. <laughs> I don't know. Feeling of warmth. <laughs> it might just be the feeling of warmth. I don't know. What's gonna lose us more followers on the Bacon Warrior Twitter account? This conversation or the Black Lives Matter tweet? Let's <laughs> <Black Lives> <laughs> <laughs> I start thinking. Like, oh boy, this is gonna. <laughs> well, I think us being proud boys might might be the the dagger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're just we're just some affluent white males with a podcast just being privileged <laughs> and talking about different fetishes and kinks and what have you. Oh my God. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't, they were talking about it on um, that dozen trivia show today. And I think Donnie was the one on Barstool saying like people go to like, there's people in Japan who like pay for women to, take a dump on like a glass plate that's like right in front of your face. It's like, why, you know, Odell's so rich. He doesn't have to, he, I mean, in my opinion, he should, if he likes that, do that way. So that way then there's no cleanup and you can go straight to practice after getting a load on a glass plate right in front of you. Yeah. But then you lose the tactile experience. And you lose the warmth. <laughs> yeah. You lose the warmth. You lose the feeling, right? Like, that's a beginner thing. You know what I mean? Like, you do – you you have her shit on pex, plexiglass a few times before you go, all right, I want the real deal Holyfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's got to make me up. wonder. Yeah, if this is real, who did he first pay to shit on that first pane of plexiglass? It would have been like a – would he pick which food was to be consumed prior? Like, are we talking like a Taco Bell? Oh, oh, yeah. What Taco you know, Twelve pack and take its big dump? On a... It's got to be high in fiber. You know what I mean? You want a yep. nice, tight, coiled. Do you? Yeah, you do. You don't want fucking. Because what if some gets in your mouth? You know what I mean? I don't. Th- I don't think it's going there. I think <laughs> if it gets a little more... ruddy. I don't know if it's going there. What are you? What I are you was... thinking? You thinking belly or are you thinking? I'm yeah, thinking I was closer... thinking belly. I'm thinking closer to like nipple height. I'm not thinking like yeah. chest. She said chest. She didn't Cleveland. say belly. Yeah, yeah, like chest. Yeah, I'm thinking like right here. Yeah. So I don't. If it's runny, I don't. It would kind of get lodged in your in your <laughs> neck. <laughs> well, okay, Odell. He's like ripped so much as I don't know. It might like go in like his ab creases and whatnot. I don't know. He might prefer. He might tell the person go eat. Um, five guys, a burger and fries, and then uh, wait two hours, and then come over, and we'll have some fun. You know it, that he might he might do that. That'd be smart. Or this could be fake, and we're just wasting <laughs> all this time grossing out our audience over nothing. The one time Odell Beckham Jr. listens to our podcast is like he just oh, let me look at this pod that talks about. So, do you want the poop to be runny or solid? <laughs> You know what? This deserves its own poll from the Bacon Wire account. <laughs> oh my god. Is being pooped on considered cheating? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's run it. Yeah, I'll ask Cassie <laughs> when I'm done. Um, Lucas, <laughs> I can't believe your Reddit username is Poop and Pant, and we've gone 22 episodes without any poop talk. This is crazy. Episode 23, the floodgates finally open. This has got to be an accomplished feeling for you. It, you know, we made it. We f- we're finally here talking about this. Like, my wheelhouse is here. I mean, if it, if it were me, I'd want something solid. I don't want runny-ass stuff on my chest. And no, because if I wanted runny-ass stuff, I'd, I'd ask to get peed on. Yeah. Because like, I'm hairy, you get the so same... I'd much rather prefer less cleanup. Because if you get something runny, right, like you get the warmth of pee, but you still get the smell. Like pee, like it's, you know, <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Jake is never going to come on this podcast ever again. No, this is this is hilarious. Jake's just like <laughs> pain. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I would, I'm going to preemptively answer for Cassie. I'm probably going <laughs> to say... She'll probably say, yeah, it's cheating, but she she throws me a curveball here and there. So she might just I'll, – I'll tell her the context, and she'll just look at me like I'm crazy. Okay. And then... the, put it to her like this. There's no, there's no other sexual contact. Right. right. Yeah, it's not like sexual. It's just like this person likes this feeling or this pleasure. <laughs> God. What the fuck? I totally voted Y on that poll, poll by the way. <laughs> oh my only, god! Like logical oh my answer to that. Uh, yeah. I, okay, we gotta we gotta talk about something else. So, can I ask a quick question? Yes. Jake, did you make that uh, the video edit of a certain former homeless man? <laughs> yeah, that was me. Yeah. Okay, that's, that went, yeah. that's. I'm just gonna say that is honestly my favorite thing that's ever come off the internet, dude. That was uh, who was this? Who 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 requested that? Brendan Sponge, yeah. Brendan <laughs> Sponge, yeah. Sponge, requested that. Sponge Brendan, dude. I just I just light bulb hit me. It's like, damn, I gotta do that. I, gotta fucking <laughs> I about spit that. out, drink out, like, choke <laughs> yeah. laughing when it popped up. Like, we uh, we got some big news about our friend Zanjo over the weekend that I can't share publicly because i was sworn to secrecy same here but i have so much content built up around this that i just can't like it's killing me like you know what i mean like, it's like michael scott with... going in to negotiate i'm exactly. gonna start <laughs> <laughs> it's like a deposition and michael scott just totally going the other way no it's like when he uh it's like when he uh it's like when he's negotiating a raise with jan <laughs> and he's like He's like, best we could do is 6%. It's like, I love you. And this is what you do to me? It's like, this is what it feels like with Zanjo. <laughs> uh, so, we we, we'll wait. We'll wait. Mando, we got some pictures. Trailer yeah. coming or what? I thought it'd be coming today because usually with an Entertainment Weekly media dump, a trailer is like within the hour or two hours. Well, here's what I think we're contending with. I don't think it's coming tomorrow because the Dune trailer is coming tomorrow. Right. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming next week. I think we'll get a Mando trailer next week. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Friday. Yeah. The weekend. A little something, something. Oh, Dune. They did show a, 
a teaser with Tenet. Um, oh, it's the trailer. Out. It's the trailer that's getting released tomorrow. No, it's it, the the trailer they show with Tenet was like a minute and a half long. This is like a full trailer. It's coming tomorrow because oh, okay. because in the Tenet screening it said Wednesday, September 9th, See the full trailer for Dune. And it was just kind of one scene with um, Timothy Chalamet's character and putting his hand in like a box and he's taking some sort of pain test and it's like, you know, random shots of different cast members. So yeah, that was a neat, neat, neat little tease and the movie looks great, but you know, it's really hard to judge off of like a minute. So we'll see. Yeah. I just had to throw that in since we were talking Dune. So do we, sorry, I'm watching the Bucks heat game and, Robin Lopez just absolutely atrocious over the back on Jimmy oh, Butler. Giannis is as good as gone. Yeah. Uh, Giannis Warriors. sitting out <laughs> I don't think – yeah. I. So what's – let's talk about this because game five is happening right now as we're recording. Um, and Giannis isn't playing. He's out with an ankle sprain. Yep. So – Having your superstar sit out in an elimination game for something that is could be serious, but you know, if we're if truth be told here, we don't know how we don't know the extent. What what's the play here for Milwaukee? Do you press the panic button and dump him and hope to get something back for him? No. Or do you just try no. to ride it out and try to extend it? I think you talk to him and his agents starting they should have been hard to be talking about logistics of an extension and what his plans are. But if you can't come to an agreement before next season, I think you have to trade him because you cannot afford to lose him for absolutely nothing other than like yeah, maybe a point. sign and trade in the off season, kind of what Oklahoma city would did with Kevin Durant. Um, but at the same time, you don't get anything in turn. So I think either you sign him with that, the new supermax contract or you dump him to the highest bidder and, Ultimately, in free agency, I don't know. I think it's between Golden State and Miami. I think those are going to be the two destinations for him. Right. But you might find a trade partner in the meantime. Um, potentially, you're looking at Denver, just Ooh. based off the number of young pieces that they have. I think that would be definitely something to keep in mind. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just a difficult situation all around. Ultimately, you, you want to extend them long term, but – there are benefits to trading a guy that you can't really win with right now. I don't know. I don't know if Giannis is the super superstar that can win a championship as the number one guy. I wonder if they're going to fire uh, geriatric Dwayne Casey after tonight. I think that's pretty much a guarantee in my opinion that he's going to get fired. I, cause they had the best record overall, right? Like not just the, yeah. East. And to lose in the second round is pretty disappointing considering you blew a 2-0 lead last year to Kawhi Leonard. Um, I'm with you, though, Brett. I think it's Warriors or Heat. And what's, what's so funny is I listened to Dan Levitard and one of their producers, like the biggest Heat homer ever, and he's just like, you know, I don't know if we need Giannis. I'm like, well, you know, if Giannis came calling, you'd probably want to answer that. Like, Pat Riley's not stupid. But – I, Giannis has to kind of think if he wants to raise his family in cold-ass Milwaukee 
or if he wants to go down, go down to Miami, make a little less money per year, but you know, pretty much tax free, and or go to the Warriors and restart that dynasty and probably what maybe three, four titles you could roll out. Yeah, because yeah. the and you're right in the middle done. of Silicon Valley. They're far from done. Like no, they got far. like four years. Yeah, four or five more years. The only thing. The only problem with the Warriors is they have so much money committed to Clay, to Steph, to Draymond that getting that fourth piece is, unless they're willing to take a massive pay cut, is completely unreasonable. They probably have to move Draymond. Yeah, they probably well, have to move, move Wiggins. <laughs> like they have, there's so many different options right. that they have. Yeah, I mean, if you can. I mean, if you want to only play with like with the lineup of Steph, Clay, uh, Giannis, uh, Draymond, and eight eight Bumble fucks that you found off the street, then yeah, it's probably feasible. But if one of them goes down, then you're in a then you're in a situation you are this year where you're like, all right, let's shut them all down and hope for better injury luck next year. And see what we yeah. end, see what pick we end up with in the meantime. Yeah, and the Warriors played this year absolutely perfect. The second that Clay Thompson went down and Kevin Durant decided to go elsewhere, uh, they kind of knew that they weren't going to be that much of a contender. And then the second Steph Curry got hurt, they're just like, all right, full tank. And which I think more teams should probably do. I wish the guy who used to run the Pistons would listen, but <laughs> that's besides the point. I won't well, go off on a tangent about him. No, Stan Van he's good in the booth. Stan Van Gundy. No, I haven't heard a word he said. I've not heard a single word. Well, then how can you how can you say how can you say he's good or bad if you haven't listened to a word he said? He's pretty good. (laughs) He's so scarred by him. I just don't see how a guy in a Jones episode. (laughs) I just don't. Yeah, no, I don't see how a guy who just absolutely nuked a franchise can go. It's like almost like. I'm, I can't even think of another comparison. It's like I'm trying to think of some like horrible. Who's that former Secretary of State who's like a big war criminal? I know. Oh, Condoleezza Rice. No, before her. Oh, Colin uh, Powell. Before. Well, they're all war criminals, Brett. You're gonna have to narrow it the fuck down. <laughs> okay, a it's like bit. asking one of them to be like go on TV and talk about being peaceful and. How we should be humanitarians. Like that's how I consider Stan Van is a terrorist. All right, that's that's how I view this guy. He's a terrorist. He absolutely destroyed the Pistons franchise. He did nothing. He goes online and he like he has. I guess his tweets are they make sense. But this dude was here for six to eight years, and all he did was adopt a stupid dog and got like fifty articles written about it. He did nothing for the city. He nuked the franchise. Hey, he did that. I'm supposed to. Hey. I will defend that photo shoot until the day I die. Okay, that but I'm supposed to. That photo shoot is badass. Okay, but I'm supposed to turn on TNT and listen to him talk about playoff basketball when this moron couldn't win a single playoff game in Detroit. Like, what does he know? Like Cleveland, didn't they? Yeah, what is he? He doesn't know anything more than I do about basketball. He literally. Uh, well, okay. He, he sat there with his Diet Coke and his just <laughs> stupid glasses and that. That's it right there. Diet goofy Coke. grin on his face and. He watched Donovan Mitchell and Luke Kennard both work out, and he chose Luke Kennard, the guy with a degenerative knee condition. Then he sat there and he watched Stanley Johnson, who was at that stupid powerhouse in 
Arizona where his one talent was driving to the basket, but his strong, his biggest weakness was he can't finish at the basket. And he decided to take him over the sharpshooter, Devin Booker. I'm supposed to listen to that guy talk about playoff basketball when he can't even accurately draft. I, Listen, no, I, I, said no. this, I said this before to you, Brett. He doesn't what's deserve human rights. What's He's Kyrie? a war criminal. <laughs> Are you just going to keep yelling shit out as I try to defend him? Or? No, I'm done. I, no, I'll, yeah, go try, try to defend this guy. It's like, I don't know. It's like defending. Never mind. Just, no, just, finish the sentence. No, I don't want to. Yeah, no, go ahead. This podcast is going to be posted on September 10th. I know what you want to say. You should say it. Oh, no. <laughs> say it. It's Brett. like defending Bin Laden. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> you have the tapes of him admitting to everything. So, was hiring Stan Van Gundy as head coach and president a good idea? No. But if you're Stan Van Gundy, are you going to turn down an opportunity to have that much unchecked power, even though you, you'll probably fuck it up? Nope. No. Because he's still getting paid. So it's not on Stan Van Gundy that he fucked up being head coach and president. A lot of people fuck up being head coach and president. Okay, Doc Rivers fucked it up. Doc Rivers had to give up being president. So you can't. You can't pin it all on Stan Van. You pin it on Tom Gores for trying to outbid the Warriors. And and give him so much unchecked power. Because the irony of the situation is, if Tom Gores hadn't offered Stan Van Gundy head coach and president, Stan Van probably would have went to the Warriors because they were closer to contending. And the Pistons might have gotten Steve Kerr. That would have been sweet. How does Stan Van pick the Pistons over the Warriors? Because he was offered both head coach and president. You don't turn down down that much power. That's why Gores offered that to him. Why? There's some alternate reality where everything went correctly. You're right. And we live in the one where it didn't. Yeah, we live in the one where a global pandemic became politicized and we're still dealing with it seven months later. So hey, do you remember you remember when Stan Van Gunny told him to form a wall? That was awesome. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and that launched hey. the presidential campaign. Brett. Thanks, Stan Van. Right <laughs> <laughs> versus everybody. Never forget. Tony won't forget. Neither will we. Tony never, never forget. forget. Never forget Detroit never versus forget. everybody. <laughs> so that should be a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> so let's talk about the Tigers for a second, shall we? Okay. Yes. I guess we're not talking. Okay. I was like, all right. Guess we're not talking about the Tigers. Yeah. Sorry. I'm good. I'm here. No, I, I got. I'm trying to wipe my brain of what we just talked about. So. Cool the Detroit Tigers right now are floating around 500. They're in contention for a wild card spot. I think this is a little bit um, above expectations, I think I can say, for me and I think for most people. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone saw the Tigers being at or around 500 at this point in this season. What, no? 
So here, here's the interesting thing for the Tigers going into this offseason. So Daniel Norris is second on the Tigers in service time after the, when contracts expire after this season. So assuming that the Tigers don't sign anybody else, when contracts, when all contracts expire this after this year, Daniel Norris is second in service time behind Miguel Cabrera. Matthew Boyd is the second oldest player on the roster behind Daniel Cabrera at age 30. The payroll 40-man roster, as it stands right now, will be about $58 million. True. And that is after any minimum salary replacements we have to pay. And Cabrera's half of that, isn't he? Um, Cabrera is <laughs> more than half, probably. Cabrera, his AAV is going down because they front loaded the contract. So if you look at Miguel Cabrera's contract, it's a massive number, but it was all f- one thing that Dombrowski did right in signing Cabrera was that it was all front loaded. Right. Now, yeah, if he had, right. if he had backloaded it, then we probably could have signed Cabrera and Scherzer, but we'd be in a stickier contract situation. It's still in like the twenties, isn't it? It's like twenty five something, I think. Yeah, it's it's declining, but it's still north of it's still north of fifteen million dollars. Um, yeah, if, if I'm if I'm correct. So, oh my god, should the Tigers with this young core and you know they obviously called Sue Ball and Casey Mize up. Um, Spencer Torkelson is someone is a player that under normal COVID free circumstances might, might already be in double or triple a should, what is the, is the Tigers, should the Tigers spend money this off season? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lucas, I want to hear from you first because your opinion differs from Brett's Jake's and mine. So you're, you're in the, you're in the true minority here. I think it's too early. I mean, this this eighteen twenty one record is kind of. I think it's a little misleading. I think next year, see how the team does, and then twenty twenty two, twenty twenty one off season, go nuts, sign some big ass names. Unless the, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know what the market's going to look like this year because I know uh, a big one is Francisco Lindor, and. Tony D and the boys have been wanting him to come to the Tigers. I got to read up on who who's all free agents and see who the problem is. Who's going to want to come to Detroit. That's, that's also it too. And I know it's still not a bad organization, but I don't really trust Alavito to make any moves. So I kind of want to wait until he's fired and see someone else take over. So the, so there is some, there is some notable names uh, in free agents coming after 2021. So we have Trevor Bauer, George Springer, uh, DJ LeMahieu, Marcus Stroman, Didi Gregorius, mm. uh, Masahiro Tanaka, Robbie Ray, who has been killing it lately. Where did he come from? Um... I don't know. He's he plays for uh, Toronto right now. 
Former Tiger. Yeah, former Tiger, of course. Um, we have Jock Peterson, mm. uh, Justin Turner. And George Springer would be interesting. You might be able to get him a little cheaper than, say, a year ago. You know, yeah. I, don't know I don't know how he's doing right now. Um, he's he's struggling. I think that's. I think we can put it charitably. He's struggling right now. But yeah, I mean, beyond, I mean, Ooh, yeah, I I kind of agree with you, Lucas. I mean, if we're looking at an off season to spend, it's probably twenty twenty one, just based on, based on who, based on who's available. Um, like, like if they were taking this year, and it was pretty much a guarantee that Kumar Rocker was coming here, I think a lot differently because then you have those pieces. And then you know, put them in the oven for a year or two to brew. I just think they should wait another year and see what happens. Like give, give it a full non-COVID season. And I'm sure I'm in the wrong because I admitted that I haven't caught up on it as much. But I, I just think it. I think they need to wait one more year and then just hopefully Chris Illich will give uh, give our boy Al Vila a blank check. Or a couple of them, and say, "Do what you think is best." Um, here's so I think we should at least try to get Lindor, but I still think we should get some splashy, some splashy veteran agents. Kind of like Pudge, kind of like bringing Pudge here was the spark, the catalyst. Or um, not Maglio was first, but you know, like those two coming here was kind of the catalyst for you know a ten-year run that was pretty decent. Right. I would like I would like some more veterans who are experienced winners and have experienced in a winning culture because most of the guys on the Tigers roster right now outside of Miguel Cabrera have spent most if not their entire careers in a, in a tank. Right. So I would like to kind of have some I would like to have a a bit of a greater roster turnover if that makes sense. And also, I would like a new manager. I don't think Ron Gardenhire is the guy is the guy to take the t- to take this team to the next level. I think he was perfect for what the Tigers were trying to do post Brad Osmus. But yeah. now that I think we're we're kind of knocking on the door of contention, I think I think Gardenhire needs to go. Yeah, maybe another year and then uh, kick him the curb, like kind of how the Cubs did that one manager dirty they. Hired him for a year, and then they got Joe Madden and instantly kicked ass. Yeah, I mean, like I know this burned us in the ass with Osmus, but I would like to see them go after someone younger. You know, a, you know, kind of a younger forward thinking, maybe a former player, and just kind of have him kind of be just the game guy and then kind of build up our analytics, our analytics department. Steve Nash? Yeah, Steve Nash. Let's hire Steve Nash. Um, but that's all I wanted to say on the Tigers. And again, the Tigers probably aren't going to do shit this off season or next off season or any off season after that, because it seems like the only thing Chris Illich wants to spend money on is asphalt for parking lots. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's SD. I tend to agree. Um, one thing that was pointed out, I, I was talking to my dad about this with kind of the shortened season this year. And you have uh, Scruble up, you have uh, Casey Mize up, you have some of these other young guys like Isaac uh, Paredes. What they could do experience right now is the September push. Um, I think that experience of being in 
a divisional race come September, whether it's a shortened season or not. I think that you can't really replicate that anywhere else. And that's going to pay huge dividends moving forward. As we kind of saw with um, Justin Verlander, when he was brought into the league 2005, uh, they were semi-competitive then. Then 2006, obviously they had that run. Um, but you can't really replicate that experience anywhere else. And in terms of them spending money, I don't know if it necessarily has to be free agency either. I think you could be in a situation where you have the number two farm system in baseball. You have a, your farm system's overstocked with top pitching prospects. You're in a position where you can do these one-for-one trades, where you trade one of your top uh, pitching prospects for one of the top hitting prospects from another farm system. Um, I know Alavilla has some type of fetish for infielders, so we're probably set there for a little bit. <clears throat> Obviously, if Lindor becomes available, you jump at that opportunity. But really what <clears throat> you need to see is um, you really need to add an outfielder. I think that's going to be the key. You need to get power in the, the corner outfields. Jacoby Jones has done a nice job in center field. I'm not sure if he's the guy for that position moving forward, but he's a building block there. Um, so, yeah, I, I do want to see them kind of take that next step forward. I'm not sure how long you can rebuild for until it becomes detrimental. Um, and then kind of going to where the draft is going to be. No one knows what the draft order, how it's going to be based off of. Elavila had a call last week where he said right now he would be thrilled with how the 2021 draft order would be and where they would fall. So I don't know if he has some idea of how Rob Manfred, because he gets to decide the order in whichever way he deems uh, acceptable. So who knows what he's going to do. He might do some type of wheel of fortune um, to determine the draft order. But I really think that this team is in a position that next year they can compete for a 162-game playoff spot. Yeah, and obviously that'll be remain to be seen. So um, let's, let's talk about the reason we brought Jake onto the podcast. And we're going to do a ranking right now. And this one is kind of niche, but stick with me. We're going to rank the top five songs that hit different when you're hammered. So, obviously, music is important to the bar-going experience. And if you get in touch with a good DJ who knows what to play and when to play it, your night is made infinitely better whether or not you go home with somebody. So, here's what we're going to do. I want you guys to say the name of your song. And then I want you to pause for a few seconds so I know where to edit a clip of the song in. And if I can't get it, then I'll edit out the pause. Mm -hmm. So this will be real funny to people when they come in and listen to it. And they're like, well, guess that, guess SD didn't figure out the editing because it's just, <laughs> it just goes straight into the list. So Jake, we'll start with you. Top five songs that hit different when you're hammered. What's your number five? Uh, I would probably say Goosebumps by Travis Scott. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the high Throw that to the side, yo. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah. When you're not around, when you throw that to the side, yo. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah. 713. That's such a white kid answer. I know. I was just saying Mr. <laughs> Brightside, too, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's like more number one for me, but we'll get on that later. Uh, Goosebumps, that's a good pick. Um, <laughs> my songs all kind of have a common theme. So um, 
Yeah, I go, wasn't there a concert where Travis Scott played Goosebumps like 18 times in a row or something? Like back when that there song was huge. There might have been, yeah. yeah. And McKendrick on that tour. Yeah. Okay. That that makes that makes way too much sense. Um, just based on his McDonald's collaboration. <laughs> uh, Lucas, you're number five. Songs that hit different when you're hammered. Uh, mine's a little different. Probably gonna be different from you guys because. You know, you guys call me a boomer and all that. So um, I kind of looked at it as, you know, these some of these were songs that, you know, my friends and I would get drunk and play rock band. We would just mm. crank the shit out of them. And some of them are just like good, a good vibe when you're at the bar or maybe at a club, like one or two of them. Actually, probably just one. But my number five, I'm going to put, this is a boomer pick, Crocodile Rock by Elton John. Crocodile rock. Yeah. Like the. <clears throat> I know the song. I've seen Rocket Man. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So, what scenarios do you hear Crocodile Rock? I kind of picture myself back when I lived at home or back in my hometown. Like, there was a little hole in the wall bar that we go to and play pool, and they'd have like 50 cent PBR uh for the for like a wednesday night and you know we we play this type of stuff on the jukebox and kind of just get a good buzz or get drunk and just kind of sing along to it like kind of get the whole bar to do it too you know the 20 people that were there or whatever that's kind of how i attacked this list yeah i i attacked the list in a similar way there's some dive bars <coughs> near me that do karaoke on the weekends so um, most of my lists are just songs that people choose to sing at karaoke. And, you know, when I'm fucked up, um, shout out to the Kit Kat Club, by the way. No free ads, but just shout out to them because they're a cash-only establishment. So I'm not sure they have a liquor license. Um, I'm I'm hot on the trail on that one. And they make these Long Islands that are so strong that one – blacked me out a single long island blacked me out and you guys obviously can't see me but i'm a big fucking dude and i drink quite frequently so for one long island to black me out is quite the quite the uh quite the achievement on their part so shout out to the kit kat club brett you're number five gold digger Saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Is your list gonna be all Kanye? No, <laughs> actually, no. Okay, but I think I mean, you go to any MSU bar and you hear gold digger, like that just gets me going. I don't even have to be drunk to have that thing get me in the mood like right after right after jamie fox sings the opening part that <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome all right so my number five 
My number five is Picture by Kid Rock. I found your picture today. I swear I'll change my ways. I just called to say I want you to come back home. Now, let me preface this by saying, fuck Kid Rock. <laughs> I despise everything that that man stands for. I am, I am foundationally opposed to Kid Rock, the person. He is the absolute example of people from Metro Detroit saying they're from Detroit. This motherfucker grew up in Washington Township, Michigan. Hey, I live right next door to that town. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about like he lived in, he talked about like he lived like right next door to Eminem. Fucking bullshit. But when a couple goes up to a karaoke bar and they sing picture and they sing about it, like they're getting out all the residual beef that they've had throughout the past week of living together, it's electrifying, especially when it gets to the, I was headed to church. I was off to drink you away. Just absolutely just, Jake, not to, not to bust up your number five, but just absolute goosebumps. Oh, no. You know, just absolutely, absolutely. No, that's a banger of a song. I don't like, I don't like Kid Rock either, but that's a banger. All right, Jake, you're number four. Oh, uh, four, probably Your Love by the Outfield. It's like an 80s song. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. Is, um, okay. Yeah. That's that's solid. What what situation do you hear your love when you're hammered? Literally Set the all, scene. Every, literally every like okay, imagine like a bunch of like fucking like white girls just screaming in the chorus. <laughs> and that like in like in a bar. That's where I can see it. This is gonna yeah. sound ridiculous because I haven't edited because I haven't edited in the music or anything yet, but is mm -hmm. that the one that goes, Josie's on a yeah. vacation? Okay. Yeah, that one, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes okay. That makes a little more sense. I was having trouble imagining it, but I can see, I can see that. Um, also, guys, I have a surprise for you. Um, I hired an intern to record all our rankings so we can tweet them out. Um, he's using Excel. His name is CC's Medium Sized Home, and ah. he's going to be our intern. <laughs> Oh, that's a deep cut. No, no comment. So thank you to Cece um, for getting me coffee and being my little bitch. Um, you know, keep moving them goalposts, fam, and keep those fingers ready for, for spreadsheets wherever they may come. Lucas, you're number four. Hmm. I'm going to put... I've got a Kid Rock song at number four. It's Ba What To Ba.
It's a banger. It, 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 you know, I, like I said, fuck Kid Rock. Fuck everything yeah. he stands for. From down to this, down to Kid Rock's cellular level, he can go fuck himself. But I'll be goddamned if there's not a few bangers in the arsenal. Like, Devil no. Without a Cause has a lot of bangers on it. And I think this is the opening track. I don't remember. I just never forget opening this disc case in the CDs of Metal Finger. Um, I yeah, it just it's great on its own. But like when you're kind of feeling it, you're feeling good, and as this comes across the stereo in the in the bar or the club, like that's just man the build up. If they play the whole song and then, you know, obviously when he starts singing, it's not that great. But like the build up and the chorus is so fucking good. That it, yeah. I mean the. The opening, the opening twenty seconds is an all timer. I mean, yeah. Like shouts to whoever produced that record. I refute. I'm not going to look it up, but that is just an absolute. That's an absolute masterclass in production. That opening twenty thirty seconds. Yeah, like you hear the bass kind of kick in, and then it's just a backdrop, and you can slowly hear him come on, and the guitar, the guitar in the background. Oh, it's so awesome. Uh, Brett, you're number four. Give me No Hands by Waka Flocka. Ooh. Yes, sir. Girl, the way you move it, yeah. you got me in a trance. Yeah. DJ, yeah. tell me up. Yeah. Ladies, this yeah. your jam. Yeah. I'm a super scatter. Yeah. Why you doing what I'm fast? I'm a thoughtless money. Why you doing what I'm fast? All right. So, this yeah. is just absolute just an absolute classic house party classic uh brett why no hands is that a house party jam for you or is that a bar jam that's an all-time jam i could be in the car you could be at the bar you could be at the party anytime you get handed the aux if you throw that thing on like it's an automatic just hit so i just always a go-to but especially, I think, I think especially at the bar, because it kind of comes on more randomly. You get like, you just get like that opening line. Everyone knows it. So, banger. Yeah, it's hard. I run aux at, I run aux at all the parties I'm at, just because I'm really fucking good at it. You would know that if you listen to the pod and the outro songs I select. Um, but. Like, that's the one thing you lose when you run Ox is, like, you lose the surprise. You know what I mean? Like, you don't Mm -hmm. get, like, the – you don't get, like, the, oh, shit, I know this one because you know – like, you queued it up. So, obviously, you know it. So, that's the thing I miss about, like, not having Ox or about not not running Ox is, like, the, the, oh, shit, okay. The, you know, the little, I see you. Yeah. It's like almost winning like a little lottery. Right, exactly. It's like uh it's like when you find uh it's like when you put on your winter coat for the first time and you find a ten dollar bill in it from last winter. Yeah. <laughs> uh my number four is uh ants marching. So this song holds a 
a space near and dear to my heart because one of my one of my fraternity brothers is an absolutely bonkers insane like Dave Matthews fan. Like he's the Dave Matthews band equivalent of a deadhead. He goes to see him like he goes to see him like uh six times a year six times a summer. Uh they do like a three a three show stint in like this fuck town this bum fuck town in Indiana. He goes to all three nights and camps out. It's like it's like a Dave Matthews music festival. And whenever this song plays, like we just, it just hype, you know, it gets us, it gets us worked up. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just good memories of him and the place up North and you just can't help it. Jake, you're number three. All right. So I'm going to throw everyone off base completely right now. And I show it to uh, Jack Williams. He's uh, another MSU guy. All right. This is a uh, Suka Blatt by DJ Blattman. Mr. Suka Blatt. That one's gonna be tough to find. That one's gonna be super tough to find, but well, that's a banger. Well, it. it's, how, it's, it's spelled C Y K A B L Y A T. It's a Russian song. Oh, Jack. Can you, um, Jack and I fucking go off on that one. <laughs> it, what? Mm. But you can't listen that sober. No, it's just terrible. What is it? <laughs> it's just. It's it's like it's EDM. Okay, so it's it's shitty Russian EDM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) generic Russian just beats. They're just fire when you're drunk. (laughs) Is it is it Vladimir Putin propaganda? No, no, I don't think there's any like actual speaking unless and I think he just said Sukhoblaya a few times. (laughs) Sukhoblaya like Vladimir Putin will crush all his enemies. I think it's like I think it means like like I don't know it's like a swear you know some like explicit thing. Some like shit. I don't remember. You're really making me. Uh, you're really gonna make me dig deep for this one, huh? <laughs> it's on Spotify. It's right here. Okay. Yeah. All right. I should be able to find it pretty easy then. DJ Blatman. Yeah. B L Y A T. Okay. Lucas, you're number three. Uh, this is a bar one, but my friends and I used to go ape shit when this song would come on. Just for the voice that Lane Staley had. I'm going to have totally fucked up his last name. Uh, Man in the Box, Alice in Chains. I don't really see that as a hype song. Were you in a biker gang? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, this is just one that we play at the bar. And like when, when, when he comes on with the beginning, you know, the, and then the chorus is so good. It's, I don't know if it's iconic, but it's really fucking good. And it's one that I thought of like when we get drunk and, this is a rock band song too. We'd all like jam out to this fucking song too, and we'd get drunk as hell and play that shit. Interesting. Um, I don't. That's the only Alice in Chains song I know. So, 
oh, huh. Trill's uh, made a couple references to some, but huh. yeah, it's it's the only it's the only Alice in Chains song. That's I know my boomer my pick head. so far. Yeah, th- your list consisting of Crocodile Rock and Bawada Bad. That song is your <laughs> pick. <laughs> Brett, you're number three. A Millie by Lil Wayne. Millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. My criteria compared to your career just isn't fair. I'm a venereal disease, like a menstrual bleed through the pencil and leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind. Cause I don't write shit, cause I ain't got time for my second minutes. A legitimately excellent pick, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I think SD, I think you were at the Big Sean show, had to be what, six, seven years ago? No, it was, it was, it was five. 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 Okay. Yeah. When he had Lil Wayne come out, um, I think that really cemented, I mean, before then Lil Wayne's probably one of my favorite artists of all time. And Amelia's just maybe his penultimate piece and it just, everything about it's perfect. I, there used to be a challenge in high school. I don't know if you guys did something like similar to water wars where you try to get teams out by shooting water guns at them. Uh, But one of the tiebreakers was you had to wrap, the lyrics of a melee so i've always that's like one thing i guess it's like one talent i have i can just rap a melee without any type of beat or whatever so that's always just a classic yeah my school wasn't gonna let us do that because uh yeah it yeah didn't, didn't involve a broom all right easy there <laughs> no we would have taken it way too far and it would have gotten shitty and we all would have oh. gotten suspended not because we would have used brooms but because we're all idiots who hung around each other too much and yeah. so it wasn't a broom got, thing and no i got banned at our school too we had kids popping tires but yeah um so my number three is a bit of an out-of-the-box pick but i'm gonna explain it it is boyfriend by big time rush Now, I tend to go through phases when I'm fucked up. There is, um, and I don't mean like, okay, if I'm seven drinks, I do this. If I'm six drinks, I do this. I mean like, if I'm fucked up, I do this thing. So for, I used to be a notorious drunk texter. And I mean just paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs of spilling my guts to women who absolutely wanted nothing to do with me romantically (laughs) and then for a while i used to buy movies on itunes um i would get fucked up i would go i want to watch a movie look up that movie and if it wasn't streaming anywhere i just said fuck it and bought it Hmm. so now i have like 35 movies in my itunes library And I entered a phase recently where I just play Big Time Rush when I'm on Ox. Like, there, I have a roto of seven Big Time Rush songs, but Boyfriend is the, Boyfriend's the banger. You know what I mean? 
boyfriend, yeah. I, boyfriend, everybody knows it gets everybody reeled in. And then I hit him with a little bit of any kind of guy, any kind of guy, or if I rule the world, maybe a little, uh, maybe a little count on you featuring Jordan Sparks. You know what I'm saying? Lucas is just absolutely zoned the fuck out right now. <laughs> I, need, I need to listen to these songs. I'm going to be honest. You're going to listen to these songs and then you're going to DM me and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, it, music is even more subjective of taste than movies is. Movies movies be, movies are. Um, big, time, big Time Rush was a... I've heard of them. They were a boy band started for the purposes of a Nickelodeon television show. Oh yeah, okay, that's where I know them from. They yeah. Okay. So, I'm gonna read I'm gonna listen to these songs when we're done. Like Jake. The- Jake, are you a are you a big time rush Stan? Dude, oh my god. I barely remember on Nickelodeon. I was like in middle school or something like that back then, but Damn. <laughs> so that's yeah. a throwback. That's a throwback. Taking you all the way back. All the way back to middle school, yeah. <laughs> all the way back. All the way back to god. puberty and <laughs> Awkward dates and teen nightclubs. Watch out for that piece on baconwire.com coming this week (laughs) from yours truly. Uh, Jake, you're number two. Uh, I'm going to follow your uh, boy band uh, thing. I'm going to go with uh, Year 3000 by the Jonas Brothers. Ooh. Okay. That song, just every time it goes on, everyone's just screaming the chorus and <laughs> going off. It's probably the easiest Jonas yeah. Brothers song. Like, personally, I'm partial to Burn It Up. Yeah, yeah. But I know that Year 3000 is the better sing-along song. Mm-hmm. Excellent pick. I wish they'd come back, to be honest. I'm sick of their, like, solo crap. <laughs> they are back. They released an album last year. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of another band. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, great pick fucking absolutely banger song here 3000 mm-hmm. uh, Lucas you're number two my number two is another bar one but it's also the, you know a fucking banger of a song no matter where it's played at I wore the shit out of this CD I was like 10 years old when it came out <laughs> so it's another boomer pick it's uh, it's tub thumping chumbawamba I fucking love that song and it hits you and it slaps even more when you've had a couple of Kirkland signature light beers or Bud Lights, depending on what situation you're at. But like, yeah, it's another one where when Rock Band came out, we all got fucking hammered and I, I bought this song on the Xbox store and played the fucking shit out of it. Like just love it no matter where it's played and no matter what condition I'm in. Just, Great, great pick. You know, you drink, you drink a whiskey drink, then you drink a vodka drink, then you drink a cider drink, then you drink a lager drink. Yeah, that's just that's the perfect descriptor of a night out with the with the lads. As, yeah, as 
Chumbawamba would say. You drink a Zima, and you drink a Seagram's Breeze. Yeah, you drink. Yeah, <laughs> you drink a you drink a Spirit off ice. Then you drink a White Claw. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> you drink a Truly, and then you drink a whatever the fuck other hard. You seltzer. drink a you drink a Bonnenviv. You know. <laughs> <sighs> Brett, you're number two. Well, I limited myself to only two Kanye West songs. So number two, I'm going to go with Runaway, which is Ooh. definitely a little switch up from my first three. Let's have a toast for the douchebags. Let's have a toast for the assholes. Let's have a toast for the scumbags. Every one of them that I know. Let's have a toast for the jerk offs. Gotta never take work off. Maybe I got a plan. Runaway fast as you. Runaway, runaway gets you hyped up. Yep. It, it, it serves a dual purpose. Like, you can get hyped to runaway, and you can also see that you got left on red for the thousandth time in a row and kind of sulk in your sorrow. Hmm. Interesting. I wouldn't... Runaway just hits no matter what mood I'm in. So having it hit different when you're hammered is an interesting um is an interesting kind of is an interesting dichotomy, I guess we can call it. Yeah. yeah. And I would um, always have like a drunk playlist and my roommate used to make fun of me. So I'll I'll kind of dive into that after I reveal my number one. So my number two is Livewire by Motley Crue. So my friends and I got fucked up one night and watched The Dirt, the Netflix biopic on Motley Crue. <laughs> objectively a objectively a bad movie. I mean it is it's ridiculous. I mean it's wow. like it's like if someone made Dewey Cox but took out all the gags. It's like if someone like like it's ridiculous. But that's how we found Livewire. And now anytime we're together and drinking, Livewire comes on and it's a shit show. I mean, we're like banging into each other. You would think we were like fucking punks at a show. You know what I mean? Like you thought we were like at a class show in like 60s London, just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> Absolutely raucous atmosphere. Jake, number one your number one song that hits different when you're hammered. I Ooh. think I already know what it is. No, I, I, I'm changing my mind. I, I said Mr. Brightside, but then after thinking some more, I'm going to say Thunderstruck by ACDC. Are you a are you a connoisseur of the drinking game Thunder Fucked? I am. I am. Yeah, that's exactly cool. why I chose it because it's, it's dual purpose, like you said, for the other song. It's perfect. Lucas, have you ever played Thunder Fucked? Oh God, like twice. <laughs> oh, just 2010 probably was the last time. 
I have only puked after I turned 17. I only puked when I, I've only, I've only puked drinking four times. One time was when I decided to play Thunderfucked with Captain Morgan. Oh, I got stuck. I got stuck with the guitar solo in the middle. And now I no longer drink Captain Morgan. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I never said I was a smart guy. I self-appointed like, myself editor-in-chief of BaconWire.com earlier today, but I'm not a smart dude. Like no, the wise Mike Tyson once said, we all do dumb shit when we're fucked up. We all... The, SD is the resident intellect of BaconWire. <laughs> I, I, I do be wearing glasses, though. By default, maybe, but he's <laughs> the resident intellect. <laughs> Lucas, you're number one. Songs that hit different when you're hammered. Big pimping, big pimping, no, big pimping. Your list is the most interesting. It, it's a dive into my head, I would say. I, w- I would say that too, because you go from Crocodile Rock at number five to Big Pimpin' at number one. I like a lot of rap. I like a lot of, you know, metal, a lot of rock, no Nickelback. And uh, um, like a lot of Elton John and some Beatles, you know, th- this list is a little bit of a dabble into what I enjoy, but. Big Pimpin' just fucking slaps no matter what. But, like, seeing it live when we went to see Jay-Z and Beyonce, I got a couple beers and, you know, just, man, seeing him there in front of you perform it and, like, the whole fucking place shaking, it just fucking slaps so hard. I loved it. And it's it's good it's good no matter when you listen to it, but it hits even better whether it's at a club or a bar or Ford Field or even your fucking car. All right. Big Pimpin' by Mr. Sean Carter. Mr. Sean Carter, yes. Brett, your number one. My number one is probably my all-time most played song, Marvin's Room by Drake. Call anyway, say, fuck that Your your number one most played song of all time, yeah. Regardless of circumstance, but especially is, is everything I'm, is everything okay at home? Play it like no, absolutely. I'm just saying, like overall, I mean, the amount of times I played that in college, like I got a bunch of noise complaints in the dorms. I would get noise complaints in my apartment. My roommate hates that song. He won't even listen to Drake ever again, based on just the sheer amount of times I would play Marvin's Room. Like, every time we came back from the bar, or we came back from a party, I would just 
play Marvin's Room on a loop on the speakers. And it just, it really just was for any purpose. But yeah, that's, it was always Marvin's Room and Blame Game and Runaway by Kanye. Like those are the three I would play on an infinite loop, especially like when you struck out or got left on red. Like you just, it's the ultimate drunk song for me. I don't, I don't know. Funny story about Marvin's Room. When MSU lost in the final four in 2019, my friends dragged me out. And I was already pretty drunk, but apparently I got so fucked up and I kept asking the DJ to play Marvin's Room so frequently (laughs) that they almost kicked me out. I almost got kicked out because I just wanted to hear Marvin's Room. You told me this one of our first episodes. I remember this. And allegedly, the DJ said, I can't play that song. It's a sad song. And I said, well, motherfucker, I'm sad. (laughs) 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 So that's a little peek. That's a little peek into my psyche. So we kind of have an interesting, uh, we have some interesting lists here. The songs that I thought were going to be on the list didn't make it. So I want to shout them out here. Neither of these songs are my number one either. This list is lacking on all of our accounts. Both of our, all of our top fives include neither Mr. Brightside Mm. nor Sweet Caroline. What's the deal, guys? None of my friends are Neil Diamond fans, so that was probably part of it too. You don't have to be a Neil Diamond fan to appreciate Sweet Caroline. And I didn't go to many Red Wings. <laughs> I don't go to many Red Wings games, so I know they play it there too. Right. You're you're a, a wing season ticket holder. What gives? I I don't know. I feel like when I'm at like parties and I don't know, I just want to get more hype more than anything or when I get rejected, I play my sad songs, but other than that, like, I don't know, Sweet Caroline, like, it's a classic, but when it comes on, it just doesn't do anything for me. doesn't, like, I don't have any, like, memories of that song being something that makes me happy, other than the Red Wings winning, and... So, why not... Why not Mr. Brightside, though? Like, Jake, you said you were going to make it your number one. Why'd you change? I just, I just think it's too cliche, I guess. But I also could say, like, Thunderstruck's cliche as fuck, too. But I don't know. <laughs> That's – you know what? That's fair. If, That's- if, if Cassie were participating, Mr. Brightside might be her number one. She fucking loves the killers. Okay. So, so – she, She'd have your back. So – Personally, before I get to my number one, I have to do an honorable mention. Um, Piano Man by Billy Joel. Uh, my, when we first started, you know what? Fuck it. Piano Man's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes. When I wore a younger man's clothes. La, 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 la. 
so I'm a founding father of a fraternity. And our first semester, we had no money. We didn't have a house. We didn't have shit. So we decided to do a brotherhood camping trip up in Caseville. So it's, it's like April. It's probably like two weeks before finals. Um, it's like 65 in East Lansing. So I said, okay, all I'll need is a hoodie and I should be good. Not recognizing that the place we'll be camping is literally right across the street from Lake, from Lake, uh, Lake Erie. No, not Lake Erie, Lake Huron. So it's 20 degrees colder there than it is in East Lansing. So we're all freezing our asses off because we were all idiots. But we had some beer. We had, you know, we didn't really know each other at this point. And we took that night to really get to know each other and to bond and to become closer as friends and as brothers. And we capped off the night by gathering together and singing Piano Man by Billy Joel. And that is something that has stuck both with me and with the fraternity. So Piano Man holds an incredibly special place in my heart. I couldn't leave it off the list. I was going to. I was actually going to put the... (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. I was actually going to put the fight song, number one, the MSU fight song. Mm. But... I couldn't leave Piano Man off my list. So, Piano Man's my number one. Um, fellas, like I said, no Sweet Caroline, no no Mr. Brightside, no... Uh, I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking. No Don't Stop Believing. I can't believe I blanked on that for a second. I've heard that too many times at the end of Red Wings games. But I think we got ourselves a robust list here. Um, Jake, thanks for coming on and talking about poop, man. This was fun. <laughs> thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So we got some interesting responses to the poop. <laughs> oh god, I haven't been on Twitter since we, since I saw Brett post it. So it's gonna be oh boy, it's gonna be interesting to hop back into that shit show. <laughs> uh, uh, that's all we got for this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to have a conversation with hey. Emmett, former MSU long snapper Tabor Pepper. Uh, it's going to be great, so stay tuned for that. Fellas, go green. Go white. Go sponge. You walked in my life at 2 a.m. Cause my boy's new girl is your best friend. Act like you don't see me, we'll play pretend. Your eyes already said now we're in the backseat of the black car going home when she asked me is it wrong if i come up with you and both drunk on the elevator when i kiss you for the first time in new york city
not sorry I won't apologize to nobody You play like I'm invisible Girl, don't act like you ain't saw me Last year was a mess And how I acted was beyond me But the past still revolves me You text me, I ain't responding But now shit's unchanged Go out separate ways But look at this damage you did to me I still want nothing to do between you and me Please don't say nothing, it all sounds untrue to me We don't got nothing to say 